0: Rarely is actually what the heart of fear is. It's not about losing money. It's not about roof over their head. I mean, for some people, like, yes, but at the heart of it is a, a fear of being perceived mm-hmm. as a failure.
1: Hey, CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and we are back with a really exciting episode today. Over the next few weeks, probably months, you guys are going to see me get into a little bit more of the soft topics of business. I feel like these are the things that aren't addressed as much. You know, we can Google legal entity structures and how to do our taxes and all of that, but what about the things that we're all facing and feeling inside that a lot of people don't want to talk about. So today I am sitting down with Emily Faith. She's a mental health therapist, theater artist, podcaster, researcher, and healthcare clown. I actually found Emily on TikTok and was so intrigued because she actually has a walk and talk therapy practice, which to me is so incredibly unique the way that she has noticed how the world is going and seeing, okay, yeah, hot girl walks are a big thing. Therapy is a big thing. Let's put all of this together. So I have really seen Emily you know, grow this practice, also be a mentor to other therapists, and also talk about the things that many entrepreneurs are facing, you know, in their own inherent beliefs about their self and things she gets to work through in therapy. So Emily, I am so excited to welcome you to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Christy. I'm excited to be here.
1: So I just want you to start a little bit and tell us kind of about your journey into becoming a therapist and, you know, working in Walk & Talk now and how that all came to be.
0: I love talking about this because never in my wildest dreams did I think I was going to be a therapist. My background is theater and performance. And I don't know, you also have a theater background, I right? Do, I do, right. Not many people know that. But yes, I do.
1: And the little introvert in me was like tech side because I just was scared to be in front of people. But yes, I do. It,
0: well, <laughs> it's terrifying. But I think the theater, like as you probably know, it teaches you. There's like so many, you talk about kind of soft skills that actually are I think becoming more solidified in the way the world works today. But I think having the background in theater gave me confidence in building relationships with people, listening to people's stories, being wanting to be a storyteller, wanting to be in relationship with people. Theater artists, inherently, we have to work many different jobs and we troubleshoot a lot in the fear of failure and rejection while it might be present. It's just a part of it in a way that I think, when I decided to move into the therapeutic space it I was set up for success in a way that I see other therapists and other entrepreneurs really struggling because we do I mean of course I'm scared that I'm gonna fail of course I have imposter syndrome but I think the the background in the arts really gave me a foundation that I want to help other people have so I love you know you mentioned the walk and talk I love walking with entrepreneurs I love walking with creatives and people that you know, have some anxiety. Have some me, as I said, as we
1: were starting to record this podcast. Yes, I a, said, let me calm down because I'm having anxiety right now about an email I just got.
0: That's right. Yeah. Do you? Are you someone who like you'll send an email and then you reread it a million times and then I press send and walk away. Like I can't look at it. Can't wait for the response. Okay, so that's better than me because I will then go to my sent box and then read it. It's too late, <laughs> like and I can't I'll read do it anything. We, like so, that's something that I I like to help other others navigate, um, but really there, there is such a fear, I think it is the fear of failure that stops people so much from trying new things, especially in business. There is that, like, well, I haven't, and I mean, you're the expert here. I'm kind of the risk, you know, I'll take a little bit of a risk, but it is, it's, I think so much is throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks and not being fearful of throwing it and it falling down. I think the, like when we talk about return on investment, I think for my, for the listeners out there who are perfectionists and you want to spend six months doing something absolutely right and perfect before you launch it, great, good for you. But I also wonder how much more you would learn if you moved things out a little bit quicker and um, learning that self trust piece, not in the self trust piece in if you do fail. Number one, what did you learn and what are you gonna do about it? I think so much information comes from those crunchy moments of not being successful or actually, and I wonder if you've experienced this, being successful in a way that you didn't anticipate. So, like, you might not meet the mark that you thought you were going for, but you achieved something totally different. Oh, yeah. And I think that even
1: that can come from like you set a plan, you're like, I'm gonna do this. Well, and then when that plan goes awry or you aren't successful at that, what do you have to pivot to and go learn and like just acquire new skills that you're like, maybe I didn't meet that goal, but now I have 15 new skills because I had to pivot and learn that.
0: Absolutely. Or a new, a new network, a new person in your network because you needed to find a different resource that you didn't know that you were going to need. Um, and so, so in that, I love, I love exploring self-trust and I think a lot of that comes from curiosity Curiosity has like been my word of the past five years. It was drilled in our heads in graduate school because curiosity allows you to zoom out. Curiosity gives you options. And if you feel options, you do feel less anxious and less stress because you know that there is more than one path to take. And if you fail on that path and fail is a hard word for some people, (laughs) but if you miss the mark on that path, you know that there were three others that you could take. So I always try to encourage business owners to approach what they're what they're doing with with curiosity and approach their own anxiety with curiosity. Approach the imposter syndrome with curiosity. I think um, I'm also a drama therapist, which looks at everybody from the lens of role. What role are you playing? And so being curious, what role is showing up here? When I'm having, when I'm reading this email, what role is this? And what is the role trying to protect me from? When we can understand that. The anxiety that shows up is coming from a well intended place. We can almost, it like, it kind of starts to take a back seat because it's like, oh, thank you. Thanks for showing up. But actually, (laughs) I got it. That's a tool that I like to help people with is just like, what part's showing up? Yeah. And just noticing it.
1: I love that. And kind of like reframing, like, something that I've learned is like, whenever you're feeling these emotions, like, it's your body trying to tell you something. But we aren't that good at interpreting what that thing is or where or why it's coming from. Because just like you said, like, maybe that's a a signal from our body that we're just interpreting wrong. Or we're like, thank you for sending me that signal. Um, Thank you, next. Like, moving on. I'm good. That's
0: exactly right. (laughs) And like, the curiosity is like, where did that part come from? Where did it protect me in the past? Do I actually need that protection layer right now? Is this the story in my head versus what is actually happening? And when you're creating a business, I think it's hard because time is money. And so taking the time to also invest in your mental health or like a journaling, you know, practice or going on walks or whatever you do. Sometimes, I mean, in my own experience, that took the back burner this last year when I was really pushing to get everything in order. And if I could go back, I would have slowed down just a bit and given myself a little bit more space and time to be curious about what was coming up instead of pushing through.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's hard as entrepreneurs to like step back and take the time to do that. But you like, it's something you have to do to know that you're going to be successful long-term. Because if I do constantly like put my mental health on the back burner and like push and push and push, once I hit that level of burnout, like I am not productive anymore. It's Like self-care is productive and like that's something we have to learn, which I'm at myself here, Yeah, (laughs) but learning, yeah. Learning that we have to be focused on that. So one of the things that you said, you know, you talk to a lot of people about is, you know, self-trust and not being worried about, you know, imposter syndrome and anxiety and all of that. So what are some things that you kind of do to help people walk this? I know you said looking at it through the lens of a role, but like, what are some other ways that we can reframe our perspective on I'm having doubts right now. You know, how can I fix that in my brain?
0: Um, You want to do an exercise with me? Ooh, let's do it. Um, Can you think of something that you have learned in your lifetime or like a class that you took or a skill that you've acquired? Like any specifically? Yeah, like, no, like anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. What is it?
1: I'm accounting. Accounting,
0: right. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Gonna... And before you were an accountant, did you did, – were you anxious? Were you stressed? Were you worried? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And where are you now with accounting? I know it. You know
1: it. I mean, that's, that's so weird. Like, I just like took a deep breath and was like, I'm good.
0: Yeah. Like, I've been there before. You've been in the unknown before. And then you just, I mean, that's that's a nice so little good. moment of going like, oh, of, of noticing the places in your life where you actually have trusted yourself. Because I would argue, I would argue 100% that, that someone who is struggling with self-trust has trusted themselves over and over again. And so we would work to figure out where were those moments and when is it harder and why is it harder? And I think for women, sometimes it can be harder being a woman. I mean, I'm recently in my thirties, but like a young, I was a woman in my twenties and there was a lot that came with that of how am I supposed to behave in these rooms? How do people treat me in these spaces and do I want to push against that or not? um which gave me tons of anxiety which gave like that doesn't feel good um and made me question myself a lot right like okay well I've, I've only been out of graduate school for this longer I've only I had somebody comment on my tiktok recently it was like oh I didn't know you've only been out of school for a only year and a I half. hate the word only the <laughs> only. oh it's like only and just those are yes and you know that you only been out for a year and it really brought something up for me I was like oh shit like can I guess on this? sorry you're fine <laughs> yes <laughs> oh shit you know it just felt like that when I disclosed that I hadn't been out for 10 years or 20 years, then they were going to go back. The story in my head is like, they're going to go back and look at everything that I did and think that like they're, it's not founded in anything real. She's just making it up because she just is recently in the field. Literally. Yes. I posted a story yesterday, this morning, I don't know, on
1: my Instagram. And I was like, you know, having a rough week, like please be patient with me as I'm like preparing for my first tax season alone. And I was like, oh, like, should I be disclosing that this is like my first solo season? And especially I had like just talked to a client, a brand new client was like messaging me. So I knew she was like active. I knew she was going to see that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is she going to think? Like, and it was just this level of like, oh, like, do people view me differently because of that? And I had a second, I was like, I'm going to take it down. I'm going to block her. And I was like, no, no, you're not. Like, it's fine. But it's just, yeah, those things are scary. And I think there's always something you can tell yourself to be like, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not experienced enough. Like there's always something you can think about that. So like, why do we
0: keep doing it to ourselves? It's a really Yeah, because it's so unhelpful. It doesn't get us where we want to be. It is absolutely gets us off track. Well, and I think that the, the trusting, I use the word trust, but I, I think there is discernment is a word that I really like in going, um, discernment, I think, comes from wisdom. So you posting that today, like, I go, oh, well, Christy had the discernment to know that disclosing her anxiety and overwhelm would actually endear her, either endear her clients to see you as, like, a human being, which I think is something we're all craving right now. That, you know, everybody wants to be authentic, and authenticity is such a big thing, and I could roll my eyes at it, but I think it's really <laughs> important that the discernment piece is going, like, maybe I'm not going to name every single time that I mess up, you know, like maybe I don't do that. But like, where can I leverage and use this piece of self-disclosure to foster um, a a connection in your business?
1: Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for me, a lot of it is because I do feel like, you know, I am a role model for some people starting their business. And it's like being real about this journey. And like, that's exactly what I want to do about this podcast and these conversations. It's like, we have to be real because otherwise, you know, if I don't ever see anybody else posting like, I'm anxious about this or this went wrong in my business, well, I'm gonna feel terrible the first time I experience that. So it's like, yes, they're I don't know, getting it out there in the world is like normalizing that feeling.
0: And I think when I was when I was starting in private practice, I was consuming so many podcasts and material from people who had been in the field for 10 plus years. And while there was rich information in that, I was, that is why I've moved to a mentorship place is because it was like, no, I need you to be in touch with, with what's happening just six months ago. Oh, yes, yes.
1: I literally reported a podcast episode this morning, you know, just big podcast day around here. <laughs> um, And, you know, I was saying one of the things that I've learned is like, you need people every step along the way because the people, you know, 10 years down the road from you, They are great for you to look up and say, hey, what did they learn? What are they going to teach me? But they can't actually relate to where you are anymore. Like the evolution of business and the emotional capacity of like where you're at in that business changes so much and so fast that you have to have someone like going along this path with you because once they've gotten through this you know initial chaos of like growing and scaling the business there are people who do now get to sit back and kind of let their business run themselves but if you're looking
0: at those people that feels bad <laughs> like really <laughs> well and that's right because then we get into comparing like where we are where someone else is and i mean even as you're talking i'm i'm like feeling more trust in myself and going <laughs> oh yeah there is like people need people are everyone starts at different places and everyone needs some needs support at those different milestones. And so providing content, I mean, you you have this out here for the rest of time. So any, you know, any person who's coming to a therapy practice for the first time goes like, oh, I know where Emily was at six months in a year, in a year and a half. And I think you're right. It feels a lot less daunting when you know, like there's somebody right here with me and, and I think the trust comes into that piece too is, is trust and, and we get to help people trust themselves by modeling the self-trust of being in a novice. I think you and I probably are past novice and a little <laughs> bit, you know, intermediate <laughs> advance, but like knowing that we made it through and we were transparent with the struggles and the stress and, um, I think allows for people to go okay, even if Emily's anxious, even if Christy is nervous about this, they still were able to move forward. So maybe I can too.
1: Yeah. And looking at, I mean, if if you can come out and be like, I'm a therapist and I teach other people how to not feel this, but I feel this myself. Like I know, you know, watching your TikTok videos, I'm like, Emily's saying she has anxiety and this is how she deals with it. And like, not to me, that's like more powerful because you're like, it's not, okay, my degree taught me this. I know how to do it by the book. It's like, no, I've experienced it too. So I'm helping other people. I feel like that just makes it so much more powerful. So kind of looking at, you know, obviously self-trust and imposter syndrome are huge things that um, you find business owners face. What else is there that you really tend to, you know, work through with clients? I know you brought up like curiosity, discovering those ideas. Um, You
0: know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. That's a great question. So curiosity for me is something that I, I constantly wrestle with because I, I feel maybe like I was born with a little extra sprinkle of it. So that may not be fair for, for folks who are trying to develop it. But like you said, I try to be transparent about the times that I I notice that I'm less curious and I'm like very locked into a black and white thinking moment. So with folks, we notice, like wh- where is it black and white? Why is it black and white? Can we be curious about why it is black and white? It's just, it's like the annoying toddler who's like, why? And why? And why? And why? And so when I'm working with people, I will ask that until we can get down to the nugget. And I think it's a great exercise for you to ask yourself. And and often I think when we get down to the why, 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 there is a wound or there's a fear there of going like, I don't want to disappoint anyone. Rare, You know, the thing that's really interesting, Um, and I, I don't work with people who are making bajillions of dollars but rarely is actually what the heart of fear is it's not about losing money it's not about roof over their head I mean for some people like yes but the heart of it is a a fear of being perceived mm-hmm. as a failure and I think when we can we go through the curiosity steps to get there then we can fact check that all right you know and then then it goes back to trust so that's why I think trust and curiosity really work well, together, um, the why exercise is a good one, and then also I love like looking at three months ahead. So let's be curious. What do you want three months from now to look like, Christy?
1: Um, I want to be <laughs> done with taxes. You want to be done with tax
0: You want to be done with taxes. Right now, do you feel like taxes will never be done? It's do pretty looming, it? yeah. It's pretty looming. <laughs> what um, has there been a time where it's felt as looming?
1: Or oh yeah, like a first time. Uh, I mean, not specifically this, but yeah, there's always something that feels looming.
0: What is like your go-to way of getting through moments like this of the loom? Um, I mean, I'm a big planner. So like what,
1: you know, what am I going to do to get there? Ooh, like a spreadsheet or like a list. You love a spreadsheet. I do. I I love a spreadsheet. And I like checking things off my to-do list. (laughs) I'm the kind of person that's like, it'll be noon and I will write all the things I did before then on my checklist just so I can check them off because it feels
0: good. Uh, yeah, we call it a to-do list. We have our to-do <laughs> list and our ta do list. Look what I've done. There's great value in that. It's highly motivating. So what would it be like if you didn't make a list? I wouldn't know what to do. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, it would be in my brain. It'd be like jumbled. It would be jumbled. Great. I like going complete, like the curiosity spectrum is going like, what if you did it n- not like you've ever done it before? Because then we have, once again, like curiosity widens the experience. So if we're stuck in, I have to have my spreadsheet and it has to be color coded and it has to be this, what if like paper didn't exist? And what if Excel didn't exist? Would you still be able to accomplish what you're doing? I mean, I might, there might be more tears, there but I would. There might be more <laughs> tears, you would, right. And so like, and then we start then looking at the fact that you do have um, the tools you have the excel spreadsheet you do have the color coding knowing that it could be like really disorganized and worse doesn't that make this moment seem a little less daunting yes are you just saying that
1: <laughs> no it does it does that's really interesting to think about like you are empowered with so many things to help you along the way and like recognizing those things
0: and i think that's like the the curiosity piece is just asking the furthest most insane question for me it was like what what happened, what is the worst possible thing? Drama therapists loves the question. Like, what's the worst possible thing that could happen if my walk and talk business didn't succeed? And really teasing that out. Okay, well, I'll never work again. I will, um, they'll send out an email to everybody that I graduated with that like tells them I'm a failure. Like really like being curious, like this is the next I do like, with clients. But like, I might cry with you saying Yeah, these like things. you're like, this is horrible. But like really teasing it out. And then like looking like, is that what's gonna happen? No. So it gives some like relief. the current moment if you're
1: I'm a big proponent of like if you're prepared for the worst possible thing anything is better because it's
0: like you've already worked that out it only goes up from there it only goes up from there (laughs) right just go as far extreme and then also I encourage people to like and then what is like the greatest possible outcome this podcast goes viral you get asked to go on Jimmy Kimmel (laughs) you know like you're making bajillions of dollars right so I think Everything about curiosity and self trust for me is like giving options and expanding that, like kind of blinders that we get when we're focused on creating a business, starting a new arm of our business. There is, there is definite, deep, rich value in being able to be focused and locked in. But I think it's also always important to, like, be able to look out and see what else is going on out there and be your own annoying four year old. (laughs) So I I love
1: you talking about curiosity and. I'm curious
0: if this is
1: how you kind of discovered the idea of the walk and talk, because it's something I've never heard of. It's something that I don't think is big out there, but you know, you saying I'm willing to go against the grain. I'm willing to wonder what else is out there instead of, you know, meeting with a therapist in an intimidating room. Like is, is that really what the idea of your
0: business came out of? I just love what you said. Willing to wonder. I think that is like a I want to catchphrase that. That's like really <laughs> willing to wonder.
1: TM. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Lock it in. Get it. Get the website. Um, Yes. Short are yes. So I, like I said, I think I, I grew up with a little extra curiosity, self-trust, and being able to say, like, what else is out there? Um, I've never been someone who's wanted to go with the grain, and that comes with its own set of challenges. But I was introduced to walk and talk. So when I was in graduate school, when you're a therapist you have to do internships. And my my first internship, like you mentioned earlier in the intro was clowning, which um, we could talk about all the lessons that taught me because I take them with me. Um, But the second one was in a private practice and they offered walk and talk and they offered it almost as a footnote. So it was like, we support couples and families and anxiety and children and play therapy and blah, blah, blah. All the things that people would know. And then the very end is like, if you're interested in walk and talk therapy, let us know. And I was always like, What is that? And so when I knew it was post-lockdown, I graduated in 2021, so we're like just coming out of kind of people being, well, we're coming into people being more comfortable being in an office. Um, But I have student loans. And I was like, am I going to pay rent for an office? I know that I don't want to be virtual. I'm going to go back to this walk and talk. And, and seeing if this is something that can really work for me and not making it a footnote, but really like what would happen, the willingness to wonder what would happen if I put this as the main focus, like the main niche. We, all, we love a niche, <laughs> right? And it's not a pop, it's not like a client niche as much as it is a service niche, but like what would happen? What would happen? And what I found out is that more and more people wanted it. And like, you're right. Dallas has the hot girl walks. They go walk on the Katie trail it ended up being like the right place at the right time. I think, but also people had been, we started going on walks with friends during the pandemic. We were outside more. And so it felt like a natural segue into a business plan that I thought people would be into. And I had also worked with so many people who had had bad experiences with therapists and didn't like the feeling of sitting in a room and for some people that's super comforting and it's like feels very safe and loving and warm but for some people like eh, it's awkward and i don't want to go to therapy i don't want to go get help because i don't want to sit and stare at somebody on a couch you know like <laughs> yep. we can relate to that it is uncomfortable and so it's like what would happen if this isn't what what it looked like there was also i think there's a there's a point in here about really looking and seeing what other people are like, is anyone doing anything kind of in the vein? There was this really cool, um, like drop-in therapy in Nashville that happened. So they have like a book club, but you can go like, I'm having a really bad day. You can drop in. I don't know what all their forms and (laughs) forms look like, you know, but like you can drop in. I thought, well, that's something different. And that empowered me to go like, you know what? There's not a lot of us out here working outside of an office or a traditional therapeutic setting. But I'm going to, I'm going to try it because I think people are hungry for it. And then it's worked out, you know, there's a wait list now in, the, in, in nine months, which I think is something I never could have expected because what I was told was it'll take you three years to have a full practice. And I was like, I'm going to do it in one year. <laughs> I'm going to do it in one. But, um, but yeah, three years is what the, the time frame that I received. And I was also curious about that because this is the thing, Christy, like, I think some of my closest friends in graduate school and I love them, they believe what they're told, you know, like someone says, it's yep. going to take, and I find this with the therapist, the therapist community. I don't know if you find it as well, but um, like in business of going like, well, no, someone said yes. that you can only do it this way. And there's not, I mean, that's where I'm like curiosity at the base level has to come in. It's like, is that true? Does it have to be this way? People all the time ask me like, well, how, you know, they talk about, they couldn't imagine doing walk and talk therapy because well, it's not, it's not HIPAA compliant. That's not true. It actually has nothing to do with HIPAA at all. You know, like, so that's the curiosity piece in, mm-hmm. in, in going, it's like getting past the
1: objections that are not really founded in anything, but like we kind of just think about them and then gloss
0: over that's and right. like, we're done. That's right. And that's where I go like, let's ask why. And then Google some great resource, <laughs> you know, and you can quickly, they have the five drop down answers usually <laughs> that someone else has Googled or get on Reddit. Um, yeah, I didn't expect curiosity to come back in that way, but I think it is the so many people when they get started think that there is there's a blueprint, there's a way to do it and I can't move outside of that. That's absolutely not true. Yeah, and I think that,
1: you know, for as uncurious as I would say I am,
0: <laughs> being able to,
1: you know, look at for me, you know, your traditional accountant's going to be, you know, an older man in a suit in an office and you're going to come visit him at tax time and then you're not going to talk for the rest of the year. And I was like, that is not what I want. Like what else is out there and what else could be. So I think that's a lot of what we're seeing. I think, you know, the pandemic and everybody having to be in an unconventional work environment allowed for us to say, okay, but like, what could this be? And it opened up this possibility of like, hey, anything's fair game right now because nobody knows what the heck is going on. Um, And so I, I do see a lot of people who took advantage of Things that they saw going on. And, you know, I, I know you said like right place, right time, but yes, but also like you observed that, right? Like you looked around and you knew you didn't it's like right place, right time plus preparation,
0: right? And yes. so, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Like I, I will give like my previous decade of work experience some credit that I I was set up in a nice way, but but that's you, I'm going to push back against you saying you're not a very curious person because you had to be, to be like, well, this could look differently. And I think there's also a a piece here of trusting that, and you've talked about this before on the podcast, that there is like enough for everybody. So there is, and there's an, there's enough for everybody. So if there's like 20 more walk and talk therapists or 200 more or 200,000 more, sure. Like saying that, I go like, Oh, I want to be the one who's doing that. (laughs) But I'm, there's, there's enough clients for everyone because when you are being honest about what you provide, the personality that's behind it, the heart that's behind it, you're not going to be for everyone. And that's okay. And that's the lesson that I've had to learn to trust and be curious about. And it's hard.
1: (laughs) Well, but you even have
0: taken your
1: practice to the next level and like training other people to do exactly what you do. And I think that shows that you do feel that because you're like, well, if I'm going to create more me's like I'm literally creating my own competition, but having that, you know, faith that like, that's
0: fine. Like, we we'll live be in fine. Dallas. There's so <laughs> many people, you know, like there's just so many people and I would rather have 15 strongly aligned clients that I know that I can help than have a waiting list of a hundred people yeah. who need help. You know, I, I, I have to trust a little bit. And that is a, that is a harder muscle for me to, to build and stretch is the kind of scarcity mindset piece. Um, That has come a lot more challenging to me than, than maybe the other stuff that that was a little smoother. (laughs) So on that note,
1: I know that some of the conversations we've had previously are, you know, surrounding money set and money mindset as entrepreneurs. Um, And, you know, something that any listener has heard me say on a previous episode is like, money's not a bad thing. Wanting money is not a bad thing. And, I do think you know. Me and you have had this conversation outside of the podcast before, talking about how wanting money is not a bad thing. But what if we are in a profession like you or I, where our goal is to help people, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'm helping you, but I'm also taking your money. Like that feels weird. Like how do we approach something like that
0: with a lot of deep sigh? Yeah, <laughs> deep sighs. A lot of. I think. I mean, this is something I'm. St- I wrestle with every day. So I, um, I could maybe be two steps ahead of maybe somebody listening right now. I did have an advisor at school say, you just need to be three steps ahead of your client. And I like that. It goes back (laughs) to what you were saying earlier. Like you don't need to be 25 steps ahead. Um, money is something that I can preach all day long to other people, but it's really challenging. It's challenging when you're like you and I are, we're in a helping field. You see people's financials. So you go like, I know how much money you have, but I can, also I like have to categorize it coming out of their bank account. And I'm like,
1: Oh, that went to me. That's that weird. weird.
0: That's weird. But also, and I talk to clients, um, I've gotten more and more comfortable in the past. You're talking to clients about money. I think this comes back to like my feminist edge of going women aren't taught. I would say probably most people aren't taught, but I think women in particular aren't taught really like good, smart money. Um, just like money health. What's the word I'm looking for? Liter- financial Liter- literacy yeah yes, there we that's go the word I'm looking for. <laughs> we're not taught that and so if you don't have the information then that's when fear creeps in or limited thoughts and beliefs creep in because you don't actually have you love data you love numbers um so when you have that then you can look at it and go like no actually I can't afford this and I'm not talking about people who like I've been in a position where I really truly could not afford therapy I couldn't however I've been in positions where I could afford therapy and I told myself that I couldn't afford therapy and that wasn't true i just wasn't prioritizing my mental health in that way so when i have a client who is prioritizing their mental health i have to trust them i have to trust them that they have made the choice to be here to spend this money because they believe that they're getting something out of it and that's just kind of the mantra it's like i this isn't about me i'm trusting them i'm trusting them that they know what they're doing Um, you see their money. So maybe that's different. I mean, certainly like I run cards and they go, this card didn't run and I have to send an uncomfortable email. And then we have a conversation about it because also I don't want somebody to, uh, I would like a conversation to be had. And I think that's where we get very fearful too, around money. We can't talk about money. We can't talk about it. I would rather a client say, Hey Emily, can you run my card on Friday?" Them not come and not get the service that they need, or hey, can we drop down to once a month, or can we brainstorm something together? We're coming back to curiosity and options, right? And kind of like really breaking up this, like, there's rules and things can only work one way. But I think money is such a um, touchy subject. But that's why I appreciate you having this podcast because, like, we got to know. And I've learned so much about my money working with you.
1: Yes. One of the things that I feel like I've really learned is like, it's not my job to decide what's valuable to my clients or not because, and this probably all comes back to curiosity again, but it's like maybe they grew up with a different mindset than I have. Maybe they have a different skill set than I do. So whatever you know they get from me is incredibly valuable when I'm like, oh, well, like, I do this day in, day out. It's relatively easy for me. It's hard for me to imagine somebody in this financial position being willing to or wanting to pay me but we all come from different backgrounds and different beliefs and different, you know, may- maybe different situations. So I don't know, I think the thing that has kind of helped me a lot is like, it's not my decision. And the one thing I would caveat that because I do preach a lot about like, knowing your worth and upping your prices and that's so hard in a helping field. The only caveat I ever have to add to that is like, you, if you don't pressure people, this works you let them come to you. So as long as you are not, you know, unethically selling or pressuring people, if they are coming to these decisions on their own, that you are valuable enough to work with you, that's their decision. And you don't get to decide that for them. That's
0: right. That's exactly right. And I think something I've had to reckon with is like my, the value of the product, I mean, the product or service that I provide is also not my personal value. And having to split those up too, because I'm like, I am priceless. Me and my <laughs> faith, they can't put a price on it. Or there's days where I'm like, I'm a piece of crap and I'm worth $2. <laughs> so trying to, trying to separate that, I'm going like, Ooh, am, am I struggling with my money mindset or raising my fees? Is this a business decision or is this a personal decision? Am I feeling crappy about myself? And am I feeling I'm not helping my clients? Or if I am not seeing them progress in the way. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. You've been struggling. So going up $10 feels like you're not it's like coming back to what you're saying. It's not for us to determine. We set the price. They get to make that choice. And I think there's, that's really empowering. And I've had like, I'll be transparent with you. When I was beginning my work with you or looking at working with you, there were people in my life, there were therapists, family members who were like, why would you pay $150 or whatever? You know, like and your prices have raised, right? For a, for this service, when you can pay a lump sum at this tax time, but for me, because I, am in my first year of business. So I'm not like rolling in the dough <laughs> and you know that, but i mean, to, to really like honor and echo what you said. It, it is an immensely valuable for me to go. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to spend time on this. I trust Christy is going <laughs> to take care of this. And when I mess up, she's going to tell me and I'm going to learn It's Like it is so it, that is priceless going. I don't have to think about it. And I do get to work on how can I, then my energy goes to, how can I get in a new training? How can I really like solidify my skills? That energy goes into that. So then when I go, Oh, Christy's raising her prices. Guess what? I have too, because I was able to put time and energy into my business so that I could raise my price. You know, like, yes, there's kind of that mutually beneficial aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And I actually talked to, um, somebody the other day who I was like, we're, we're kind of working out a trade where, like, she's doing some of my social content. I'm doing some of her finance content, um, content, whatever. <laughs> it's not content. Um, but anyway, in, in the conversation we had, is just, like, it's so more beneficial for us to stay in our lanes. Like, just for us to work on the things that we are so good at, um, I think is is really important. And just knowing that, like, to me, that is as valuable as I am to that other person. And it's, like, you don't know where they came from or their background. And yeah, it's just really interesting to, I think for me, I was in this like corporate bubble for a really long time and like worked only with accountants. And so like everybody around me, like knew everything I was saying and were probably way even smarter than me. So I like couldn't say anything that somebody else didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then starting my own practice and literally throwing myself into like the wild, wild west of like the whole world. It's like, wow no like everybody's experience is different and everybody comes from a different place and so you just have absolutely no idea where you're providing value
0: and I think we've talked about this outside of this I feel the same way where I go like oh I this is something that is very easy for me to know and I forget (laughs) that other people don't know that so then I reduce the value of it because it's very second nature to me and actually it's highly valuable and that's something like I anticipate that is something I'm gonna be navigating for the rest of my career. I grew up very, my experience is very different, which it is, um, and maybe I think other entrepreneurs can relate to this, even if you are coming from a corporate place. Theater and the arts is like very scrappy and there's not a lot of money. So you have to learn how to do everything yourself. You are your producer, you're your director, you might be in the show, you're your marketer, you're your fundraiser, you're doing all of the roles And I think there was a maturing piece that I came to was like, Oh, I don't have, I don't have to do that anymore. And while it was a great education, it also clarified what I like to do, like do what you like to do. You might be good at it. That was the point I was getting to. As entrepreneurs, you've done so many things. You probably are capable of learning how to do your own taxes. You're probably capable of reading a therapy book and figuring some of the stuff out for yourself. You probably can. But it, because you have. But at what point do you go like, I'm going to, like I said, stay in my lane. Trust that somebody else can support me. And knowing that like that is ultimately beneficial to your business to be able to have a network to refer people. Like it all comes back. And that's where I push, you know, like when I have my scarcity mindset, I go like, if I have palms open, what can I receive as well as what can I give?
1: Yeah, I think that's an awesome thing to think about. Something I want to go back to a little bit is I I think this isn't something we've talked about, but, you know, when looking at when you do have that self-doubt and that anxiety and you asking like what role that's playing and, you know, what that is from, are there ways in which these can actually be beneficial to us, and how should we be thinking about that?
0: Ooh, that's a really, really great question. I'm going to always say yes, because I think all <laughs> these parts and roles show up for for a well-intended purpose, and I think it's great, thank you for saying that, because sometimes we go like, oh, this is my protective part, be quiet, go sit down over there. Bye. Bye, <laughs> like, kind of like punishing it, shaming it, instead of going like, okay. Um, in therapy, we talk about counter-transference, so counter-transference is this idea of I very loosely. I am talking to you, but Christy, you remind me of my cousin and I have weird feelings about my cousin. So I might be projecting a little bit of my life experience onto you. However, the useful tool of countertransference is going, you're really making me mad or I'm really annoyed by you. And that could be my cousin. And also I'm so tuned, I'm tuned into you. And I go, this is helpful information. I maybe other people feel like this around you. And maybe that's the reason you and your boyfriend don't, you know, like, <laughs> or are you, right. So like, I think there's a piece of that, like finding the, all of the sides. And we're going back at a curiosity of, of anxiety. So it's like this anxiety is here. It wants to protect me from failing, from getting hurt. But also how can I use this? Is this telling me that um, the direction that I'm going in is, is it actually not the right direction? Is it telling me I'm not aligned with my values right now? That's immensely helpful. Is it, um, am I actually just really excited and that's a new feeling? So do I even know what feeling I'm feeling? Do I, I even think that know, all the time. Yeah. Do I even know what feeling I'm, that's a great way to put that. And like really tuning in to going like, okay, this is in my chest and I feel overwhelmed, but is this overwhelm? I mean, in my life when I felt overwhelmed, normally that was a sign to stop. Like there was a lot of times that that was like a good, I needed to take a break. I needed to look back. I didn't, I'm like a push forward kind of gal. My anxiety just like bulldozes. <laughs> Um, but also like, yeah, you, right now you're in crunch time. So I'm sure like your anxiety, it's like work, It's like please work, stay awake at night and work. (laughs) I know. I'm worried about your nervous system. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know if I answered that question the way in like the most clear way, but I certainly think like when parts show up, um, there's always information in it, in the scarcity mindset going like, I don't feel like I'm worth charging this much or this, this service is worth this much. Okay, that just gives you an opportunity to explore that thought or that feeling in a way that I think some people just go like, oh, I'm just not worth it, so I'm not going to move forward. Yeah, so it gives us things to like dive into. It gives you things to dive into. And and I think because we work in a relational way, knowing that your clients might be experiencing something, some, no matter what you're working in, like it just, the more that we can be in touch with ourselves, the more that we can sink deeper into our Lived experience and our empathy, I think the better that we can show up for our clients. And also, can we talk about boundaries? (laughs) (laughs) Please. The more, right. When you actually know what the heck is going on inside, you know what you're feeling. You also know, like, where that container is for yourself, which I think is huge. If you don't know yourself, you're not going to know when, until some, I mean, I'll speak for myself. When I have not had clarity because I haven't asked myself enough questions or I'm just pushing through. I will like run up against a hard personality that completely I get emotionally hijacked and I'm pissed and I can't re-regulate and I can't do my job or I get really like uh, my ADHD shows up and I like can't complete a task. Um, It's showing up right now in this moment. I was like, (laughs) just open another tab. Um, Help me out here. Where do I go?
1: (laughs) Boundaries. Boundaries.
0: Thank you, Christy. (laughs) See, see, and so this is an interesting piece. Like, therapeutically, it's interesting if you talk about something and then you get away from it. And it's like, what part is showing up that doesn't want to talk about it? You don't want to talk about boundaries because I bring it to me. Like, I don't want to. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm looking at the camera now. That's exactly right. It's showing up for it's, yeah, it's curious to see like what shows up and then also what doesn't show up. Boundaries. Asking these questions helps you develop like where they are. For me, it had to be in. In when I respond to clients. Like I'm a very, because of the ADHD, I would like to respond quickly so I don't ever forget. However, then I started training my clients to go like, well, Emily will respond at 12 o'clock or immediately or whatever. And so having to establish boundaries for the health of my business, for the health of myself, um, and I have to honor them before anybody else does is my point about boundaries.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's definitely a key thing that, you know, we've talked about. And I also think, you know, a, a message that I think resonates hopefully throughout this entire show is like having a better client experience for the people you're serving and making sure that they feel taken care of. But because at the end of the day, you know, most of us, I can't speak for everyone, I'm assuming, um, are probably in service fields or fields that, you know, want to help others. So, The key point of that is like, how do they have a better experience? And you saying, you know, two important things. One, be in touch with yourself because then you know, for me, I am in a growth phase right now, probably the same as most of my clients right now, which means I know the exact emotion they are feeling when they are going through this, which is something I think makes me a better provider because it's like any accountant can sit down and look at the numbers and be like, well, this is the answer. But they don't know the anxiety that comes along with that feeling. And so if we tap into what we are feeling, we can
0: serve people better. That's exactly right. And that was like the counter-transference point is going like, this can be harmful because I might be putting like, oh, Christy's so stressed about money. It's like, no, Emily, that's you, right? <laughs> Whatever. But it is going like, because I know myself and because I can see that I can serve you better. I can ask you a maybe the right question or I can guide you to a place that I would hope that you would you know, I want you to find for yourself without, yeah, I don't think I could do that if I haven't experienced it myself. So I think it's like really brave and amazing the work that you do because you're going like, I'm not just going to be like, just, that word? (laughs) I'm not going, you, you were thinking expansively to, to, I'm sure better your life, but also like the people that you are able to reach now and how you're able to reach them, I would imagine is so much more meaningful. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and knowing what myself and my emotions enjoy doing. So like I, you know, I had to know myself. I love, you know, talking with clients and hearing about their wins and, you know, seeing what they've accomplished and watching them grow their business. Well, if I just do their tax returns, Um, And they get mad at me when they, like, that's not conducive to the life I want to build. So, like, learning holistically about me and what I feel when, what I like, what, you know, myself enjoys has helped me, like, build a business that was conducive to the lifestyle I wanted.
0: And I think that's exactly what I want when I'm, when I'm working with clients who are establishing business. That's what I want for them to go, like, what is it that you want? Where are your values? For some people, they don't care about the personal experience. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, we're all different. We're all different and that's great and okay. But like what are your values? And how can we help you achieve those goals so that you're living the life that you want to be living? And if having a personal relationship is important, then your business is going to look different and that's okay. And this comes back to like the rules that everybody said, you know, I'm I'm an accountant, I have to look like this. If I'm a therapist, it has to look like this. It's simply not true. Boom! That's it's just it. not true. It's just not
1: true. <laughs> well, that is amazing. I literally have learned so much. I'm so glad we had these conversations publicly, especially the ones you know we've talked about yeah. before. And we're like, no, everybody just has to hear this. Um, so I am so thankful for everything you've talked about today. Um, I would love for you to share with us. You know, if our audience is interested in
0: connecting with you, maybe working with you, learning more about walk and talk,
1: where can they find you?
0: Emily P. Faith. At Emily P Faith, that's pretty much my handle across the board. I'm on TikTok. That's where I talk a lot about walk and talk. Um, you get to see my outfits, which, for whatever reason, those are the ones that just like really pop off. I'm not, honestly same. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> why? Like I'm not like an exceptionally well dressed person, so. Um, but I talk about walk and talk. I answer a lot of questions on starting your own private practice, and um, and also like, clients who are interested with working me always find me on TikTok. TikTok. I'm also on Instagram at Emily P Faith. Um, If you do want to work with me as a client, um, I operate under Open House Therapy, H-A-U-S. And I'm sure this will be in the show notes. This
1: will all be in the show notes. Emily also has her own Walk and Talk Therapy podcast,
0: which is super cool. You can literally, like, do a therapy session on your Hawker Walk. That's exactly right. I try to keep it, like, 20 minutes so that... You can listen to music or view another podcast you want to, but it's a way to like tune into yourself for just a moment, get an idea of what's going on internally with your emotional temperature, as it were. See if you can externalize parts of that. And we go light because I know sometimes we hot girl walk before a (laughs) meeting or whatever. I want you to feel good at the end of it. But that is the walk and talk podcast with Emily Faith. And that can be found on any of your podcast platforms yes perfect and of course this will all be linked in the
1: show notes so emily thank you so much for being here with us this was literally so good i'm so excited for our audience to hear it um and to you ceos thank you so much and we'll see you next week